Thanks for joining me for this week's episode. We have a lot to get into. Uh, have some Urban Meyer news. Uh, not good news. You know, just urban being urban. Um, so we'll get into that. Uh, today is the American League wildcard game uh, between the Red Sox and the Yankees. Uh, the Red Sox will be without J.D. Martinez for tonight. Uh, they started about 10 minutes ago. Uh, tomorrow we have the Cardinals and the Dodgers for the wild card in the National League. And then the start of the National League Division Series and I think the AL Division Series starts on Thursday and then the National League starts on Thursday. Um, so we'll break that down as well. And you already know who I'm picking for the World Series. I have money on it. And uh, yeah, so we'll break that down as well. And then what else? I uh, wanted to get into some NFL news. Uh, we have some NBA starting preseason. Um, some updates to my last episode about Andrew Wiggins and Kyrie Irving. And then uh, the National Women's Soccer League. Uh, they had a, or they're in the middle of a scandal right now. It's been spanning for a couple of decades uh, with one of their their um, most senior coaches and their commissioner. Um, so we'll get into that as well. So for today's wild card game, um, I think the Yankees are going to beat the Red Sox. Um, I think I just think they're better offensively. I think both these teams are kind of the Red Sox. They you know they had that hot start and then they kind of tailed off after that. Uh, but then you know they barely lucked into the to the playoffs and then had to win that last game to clinch. And then so did the Yankees. And the Yankees actually had a a choice you know between playing the Red Sox or the Blue Jays, and they chose to play the Red Sox in Boston for this game. So um, I think the Yankees have a chance to make a deep run if they get hot, but they were kind of they were kind of up and down after they made those uh, acquisitions for Joey Gallo and then uh, Anthony Rizzo. Uh, but Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton have been playing well lately. And then the winner of this series plays the Rays, and the Rays had they won 100 games, 100 plus games uh, this season in the American League. Under the radar, not a lot of people talking about them. Um, you know, most people were talking about the, uh, you know, the Astros and you know even the White Sox here and there. But you know, the Rays they were 162 this season. Very consistent baseball all year long. You know, for the most part of the season, they were first place in the American League. Uh, great pitching, you know, um, they don't make a lot of mistakes. Um, and then the rest of the AL you have, yeah, White Sox, like I said, Red Sox are in, Yankees. The AL East, man, they had three teams make the playoffs, but, um, you know, two of them play in tonight's one-game wild card. And then in the AL West you have the Astros. Came down to the last day for the Mariners, uh, Blue Jays, and, you know, they were close to the four-way tie. If the Mariners won and the Blue Jays won, and then the Yankees and the Red Sox lost, there would have been 163rd game and possibly 164th game. Uh, but I think the favorite in the American League has to be the Rays. You know, they were just in the World Series recently, and, you know, they look like the most consistent team so far, unless um, some big guys get uh, get into a slump. Uh, but the storyline, you know, for so far for the playoffs has been – you know, there's a lot of injuries already. You know, the Dodgers announced that Clayton Kershaw is going to miss the entire postseason. Um, and they're already without Max Muncie for the wild card game and possibly longer. Um, and then the Giants are without uh, Brandon Belt until at least uh, the National League uh, Championship Series. 
Um, so there's some guys that are, that are banged up, uh, but most of the talk so far has been, you know, the wild card format, you know, and that's why it's so important for, for teams to win their division because you get that automatic uh, berth to the division series. You don't have to play in that one game wild card. You know, the wild, I like the one game wild card because before, you know, if, if you want to go back to uh, the second Giants team uh, to win 100 plus games, it's 1993. They won, what was it, 106 games, 105 games? Or it might have been 103. And then the Braves finished with 104. And there was no wild card at the time. And they were in the same division. And the Giants lost that last game to the Dodgers, like 11 to 2 or something. And then the Braves won. So then they had they had a better record, one game better. But the Giants had one of the best records in the MLB. And missed the playoffs entirely. So to prevent that from happening, uh, they came up with a wild card. So now it's just a one-game wild card. But in one game, you know, anything could happen. Your starting pitcher can, he can get shelled in the first couple innings, could get injured. Something bad can happen. Something freaky can happen. Um, so, you know, most people would like to see a three-game series, you know, for the, for the lower-seeded teams. I'm one of those people, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, trying to support the Dodgers at all, you know, but um, it's just, it, this was one of the most fascinating, uh, you know, division races in baseball history. Came down to literally the last day, and the Dodgers uh, ended up finishing 106 and 56, one game behind the Giants at 107 55, two of the best records in baseball. And I think it's a it's a fucking travesty that the Dodgers have to play in the wild card against the Cardinals. Who the Cardinals, they won, what was it, like 18 straight, and then they lost the last two because they were resting guys. But that's not fair. There should be a re there should be a way that they reseed these teams. You know, if you just get rid of divisions, just do top records, because the National League East the first place team, the one who won the division was the Braves, you know, and the Braves, they were 88 and 73, you know, they're, they're no slouch, but they're not the Dodgers, you know, at 106 and 56. The Dodgers are head and shoulders better than the Braves. And then even if you look at the Brewers, you know, the Brewers won 95 games and then the Cardinals at 90. So those two teams right there were better than the Braves who were first place in the National League East and the National League East, they're always, they're always, you know, kind of down even when, when they have someone winning because you have to have someone win. But just get rid of the divisions, and then you have the Dodgers and the Giants first and second seed right there, which makes sense mathematically. And then, then for the wild card, you would have, you'd have a three-game series. You know, who first wins two, wins the series and advances to the division series. So you'd have the Braves playing. Who else was the second? They would be playing the Cardinals. That would be the the wild card series. Cardinals ninety and seventy two, Braves eighty eight and seventy three. That's fair right there, because then now the way it's set up right now is that the Dodgers they could lose to the Cardinals and like what a crazy season like what a crazy game that would have to be for Dodgers have a great season, win one hundred and six games. You know they were pretty consistent. And then they just, you know, then you have one playoff game and then you lose and you're out and that's it. And you have nothing to show for it. 
You know, I know in 1993, you know, the Giants didn't even have a chance to go to the playoffs. So it it did improve since then, but there's still room for improvement. Because now, you know, the only matchup that the Giants and the, the Dodgers are ever going to have in the postseason, in the history of their teams, as long as they've been around, it'll be if the Dodgers beat the Cardinals and then they advance the division series and play the Giants. But if it was, if there were no divisions and it was just seeded best teams, the Giants and the Dodgers would be on a collision course for the championship series. And what a historic series that would be. But I'm excited for the division series if uh, the Dodgers do make it. Uh, but that's, I don't know, that kind of bothers me right there is that, you know, baseball needs to fix it. You know, this is supposed to be a, a good couple of days with baseball wild card games, but everyone's just talking about how it's just, it doesn't seem right that, you know, baseball is the most fair sport and fair game, but it doesn't seem right that the Dodgers are, they won 106 games, but it, their entire season and postseason hopes, it comes down to one game. You know, it could just be a, a freak game and anything can happen that game. Mind you, the Dodgers or the Giants did that twice in the wild card and they won a World Series both times. So, so that's okay. It, you know, they, they were able to do it. So, you know, pressure's on. But I just, I think there should be a reseeding with worst record. You go down there. Because uh, when the Giants did it, they had like 91 wins, 88 wins. So it made sense that they were in the wild card. But they weren't like 106. But, you know, no one predicted them to win. Uh, 107 games this season you know they they were expected to pick seven uh, win 75 games and you know they exceeded that won 107 so um and then the Padres just completely failed they finished below 500 fired their manager so they're 73 and 80 or 79 83 and uh there's a lot of rumors that Bruce Bochy is uh gonna get that job you know he still lives in san diego used to play there used to manage there before he went to the giants um so i kind of expect that to happen uh but you know i I think the dodgers will be the cardinals uh you know the cardinals have been hot you know red hot um but if max muncie you know since he's out um you know you kind of need bellinger to step in and he's had the worst season i've seen in a while um so really honestly could go the cardinals way uh but the dodgers do have some depth um so i'll pick the dodgers because i want that matchup between uh the giants and the dodgers on friday in the division series i will be going to the game i am very excited i have seats all the way up as high as possible because they were the cheapest but at least i am there um so i'm very much looking forward to that and i I want them to play the dodgers so bad um because you know it'd be the first time that they've played each other in the postseason. Update on the score. Xander Bogarts. Two run home run against uh, the Yankees. So Red Sox are up 2-0. Uh, but you know. Even though this wild card thing isn't completely solved. What a big what a big couple nights for the MLB. Um, you have four very historic franchises playing. You know. Um, in one game elimination tonight, Yankees and Red Sox, you know, the history between those teams. And then tomorrow, the Dodgers and the Cardinals, you know, large fan bases across the country and, and, uh, in deep history with, uh, within baseball there. Uh, but I have the giants win the world series, obviously. And, um, you know, I, I made a bet on them in back in May when they were plus 3000. So I'll win like 2,200 bucks. If they win the World Series, uh, but there's some taxes, so I think I'll end up getting like 1,800. But, but that's nice. I'll take that. 
Um, and then it, I, I expect the uh, the Rays to go uh, to the World Series and play the Giants. I know it's um, it's almost never happens where the two best records, you know, make it all the way to the championship. But both those teams are are playing very consistently. Uh, the Giants have they're like top two with um, their starting pitchers ERA. Their first place with their bullpen ERA. They have their first place in uh, team home runs, home runs hit, but they're not doing it with one home run hitter hitting 40, another guy hitting 30. They have no uh, players with over uh, 30 home runs. Brandon Belt's leading with 29 home runs, and he's out. You have Crawford with like 25, I think, and Posey with 18, and uh, Wilmer Flores has 18 or 20, something like that. Uh, Lamont Wade Jr., He's up there too with like 18. And then um, Mikey Stramski, he has 25. Um, so, you know, it's just a collective effort from all these guys. There's guys on the bench who have, you know, 15 plus home runs. So, you know, they could beat you with pitching. They could play small ball, you know, and then they could they could hit for power. You know, Chris Bryant, he hit, mo- he hit most of his home runs with the Cubs, but he has, I think he has like 25 though uh, with Cubs numbers and Giants numbers combined. Uh, but I'm very excited. This is my favorite time of the month, or favorite time of the year. October is a good month. You know, you have football. You know, we're in week four now, going to week five, and then you know, baseball postseason starts. NBA is getting you know ramped up here with preseason games. Um, so very exciting uh, time of year. Um, a lot to a lot of uh, games to watch and, and a lot of sports to follow. Speaking of NBA. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, you know, came to his senses, got his vaccine, uh, but was upset about it, you know, said that he doesn't own his body and, you know, he felt like he was forced to get it. Like, yeah, dude, you were, if you didn't want to, you would lose. I think now it came out to the NBA figured out a number. It was like, uh, 119th or something of, uh, of a game check. So you know, on average, someone's going to lose like 343000 That's how much Kyrie Irving's going to lose. But uh, Andrew Wiggins, probably around 250000 each each uh, game check uh, for each game that he misses. I mean, like the NBA can do that. There's people that are, you know, at hospitals and stuff not getting vaccinated, and they're getting fired, you know. And then they, they go out and protest in front, like, okay, dude, like we're still not going to bring you back until you get your vaccine. It's just stupid. Just, just get your vaccine if – if your employer uh, requires it, because that's what, I mean, I don't need to get into again, but that's what you need to put food on the table. It's like you have a job and you're getting paid for it, so just do it. Um, Kyrie, on the other hand, he has not gotten it yet. Uh, Steve Nash said that they're not relocating practices to accommodate him, which is the right move. Just force him to get it without actually forcing him to get it. Um, you know, his teammates have been supportive of him, which doesn't make sense to me. Like, oh, he's going to do what he wants. Like, I'm like, dude, you know, can you just get your fucking shot? You know, it's kind of it's kind of a weird spot, though. You can't really tell people like, hey, please get your shot. You know, it's, you know, it's their body and, you know, they could do what they want with it. But, you know, it's a health crisis and, and people have died. Many people have died. And, you know, it's not saying that it's going to completely prevent it. It's going to say that, hey, you're, you can still survive with it if you do get uh, COVID. Um, you know, it lessens the effects and, and the symptoms and, and you, you probably won't die, you know, if you're a healthy person. But, you know, people are thinking about it from a selfish standpoint. They're saying, well, like, I'm healthy. So like, why do I need to get the vaccine if I'm not going to get COVID? It's like, no, it's actually, um, 
you know, you're endangering other people who might not have it because you can carry it, you know, still. And then you're around people who aren't vaccinated and then they can get sick, you know. And there's other health reasons. Maybe their doctor said, hey, you know, don't get vaccinated. You know, just wait a while because you can have a reaction. Whatever the case may be, you're protecting other people, including yourself and your family. It just seems really selfish to not get it. Um, I think Kyrie is going to hold out as long as he needs to. Because um, he's just like, he he's so feels so strongly about his opinions. I think he's just going to keep fighting this. Um, and he hasn't attended any media days or anything like that. Hasn't answered any questions really. Um, so we'll wait on that. Uh, Ben Simmons, he is reportedly reconsidering his holdout, uh, cause, uh, the Sixers are doing a smart thing. They're like, Hey man, you don't show up. We're not going to pay you. You know, he was owed a bonus and they're like, Hey, if you don't show up, we're not going to give you that bonus. Um, so now if he misses games, he's going to. I think he's going to lose like $320,000 and he's like, huh, that's a lot of money. So maybe I, I'll show up. Um, hasn't been official yet, but that's something he's considering. Um, some Urban Meyer news. Uh, he, you know, after the game on Thursday, you know, when, when the Jags lost to the Bengals on the last second field goal or whatever, the team flew back to Jacksonville and Urban did not join them on that flight which is weird for a coach in the NFL to do. The only time that happens when uh, a coach doesn't fly back with his team in the NFL is when uh, that coach got fired after the game. They're like, hey, man, you were such a piece of shit during the game. We're going to have to fucking fire you. That didn't happen, though, unfortunately. So why was he not on the flight back with the, back to Jacksonville with his team, you may ask? Well, Urban flew back to uh, Columbus where he used to coach at Ohio State and uh, he he even brought this little you know zip up sweater thing that had Ohio State logo on it he was prepared he was fully prepared uh, to go back to Columbus and you know relive the glory days because it's just it's just not working out for him in Jacksonville you know he has a, a beautiful blonde quarterback and Trevor Lawrence, and it's it just hasn't been working out because, you know, he realizes he's not Ohio State anymore. He's not a Power 5 university and could just, you know, handpick recruits that he wants and has to worry about playing Clemson or Alabama, you know, once or twice a year. Um, you know, collectively not playing Clemson twice or Alabama twice, either one or the other uh, during the year. Um you know, and then he has cupcakes early in the season. So now he's in the NFL and everyone's competitive. So, you know, he figured, hey, man, you know, I coached my ass off against the Bengals, you know, and we lost. But you know what? I deserve I deserve a little break because, you know, this has been a tough job. It's been such a hard job for me. And, you know, with my with my heart and my health complications, I'm going to go back to Columbus. I'm going to go I'm going to go relive the glory days and party it up, booze it up and go dancing with some people and um so yeah he he went to columbus while his uh his wife was uh babysitting she was at home she was babysitting her, uh, their grandkids and she was just there having a good time <laughs> sarcastically uh you know babysitting and what was urban doing there was a video that was uh posted on twitter went viral and it's a sure enough it's a video of urban meyer dancing with uh i looked into the woman she's a 24 year old woman uh, Ohio State alum works for a media uh, company out of Columbus, and 
Uh, apparently they have met before, so I don't know what's going on there. And then she had shared a selfie with Urban Meyer, and uh, the caption was, I don't know why he keeps flirting with me. And then it was his picture with his little zip-up sweater with the Ohio State logo on it. And the video is like the most cringy thing I've seen because Urban Meyer is, what, 58 now? Something like that. Um, and he's like in his chair, but like hovering over the chair and like hunched over like something on National Geographic. And he's like, I don't know, he's like uh, grinding with this person, but she's like barely standing on him. And you, we can't see his hands. No one knows where his hands are. We can only uh, assume where they may be. Um, not in a pleasant spot, it looks like. And then there's another video that came out. Someone else's angle from it. And it's, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's doing some things with his hands, you know, back, back door wise with this woman. And it's uh, a very uncomfortable video uh, to watch and it's um it's just embarrassing embarrassing for him and his his fucking stupid name herb's gonna herb man he's just he's just gonna do what he does man he's just uh he's a walking human trash can he's just trash he's he's garbage he's a he's a human walking porta potty he's just full of shit he's just full of lies and just garbage and then at his press conference what he said was oh you know it's just stupid you know I gotta face the team and uh you know uh, gotta work and rebuild the trust with the team. Shad Khan, the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, why the fuck did he not fire him like immediately? Like, is or is Urban Meyer just trying his hardest to get fired from the Jacksonville Jaguars because he wants that USC job so bad? He's just been thinking about USC. He's like, honey, I'm gonna go to Columbus. I'm just gonna go, just do my thing. Don't worry about you know seeing any videos of me. Dancing with younger women like doesn't mean anything. We're just trying to go to LA and coach USC. But his wife was on Twitter liking tweets of people shitting on Urban Meyer that he should be with his wife and he needs to apologize to his wife and stuff. Because what he did that was embarrassing. Embarrassing to his wife, embarrassing to the Jacksonville Jaguars, even to Ohio State and anybody else who has hired him. You know, he doesn't give a fuck because he's so used to living in these living and working in these bubbles like Columbus, Ohio or Gainesville, Florida, where uh, in Gainesville, where he was the coach of the, the uh, Florida Gators and he had Aaron Hernandez on his team. He had uh, the Pouncey brothers were getting in trouble. You know, Aaron Hernandez like shot a couple people while he was in Florida, by the way. And then everyone was like, Oh, Tebow's a poster boy. He's such a good kid. But you know, urban knew what he was doing. He got Tebow there, you know, preaching to everyone and try to hold everyone in line. But in the background, Everyone else is just fucking around. And then Ohio State, what does he do with Zach Smith? Is that the the wide receiver coach who beat the shit out of his wife? You know, got convicted for uh, domestic violence. And then Urban Meyer came out and said that Shelly Smith, his wife, um, Zach Smith's wife, said that uh, she recanted her statement when, you know, then investigators asked her if that was true, and it wasn't true. So he was just making shit up, you know, to cover for his for his buddy, Zach Smith, who is a, a known abuser, he's been an abuser for decades, and there's there's reports of him beating his wife many times, and he still defended it. When his wife, Urban Meyer's wife, was already talking to the, the coach's wives and stuff about like how to press charges and all that, but it seemed like she was in on it too. 
So Urban Meyer just has this long road of shit just trailing him because he's just the worst human being in sports, you know, coaching wise. You know, we've had players obviously who have who have killed people and done worse things, but he just has no moral code at all. It seems like he lets he lets things go, anything go if you're if you're playing for him because all as long as you show up on Saturday or Sunday and you're playing at a hundred percent, it doesn't matter if you shot up a couple people or or you beat your wife, that's fine. You showed up to work on Monday, right? Even though your wife can't go to work because she has a black eye. Like, that's fine, as long as you showed up. But still, he was still able to keep his job. And then, you know, when things were kind of coming down at Ohio State and he seemed like he might get fired or something, people were kind of like, oh, what's up with the Zach Smith thing? He, like, pretty much fakes a health issue, like, fakes a heart attack. He's on his knees faking this this heart attack or whatever the hell he was doing. And uh, he's like, oh, I need to retire because, you know, my health, you know, and I love my wife. I need to have more time with my family. Like, shut the fuck up, Urban Meyer. You're a lying piece of shit, and you're always going to be lying. You're not building shit in Jacksonville. You just wanted another chance to coach, and you wanted that payday, and you thought it would be a good opportunity because you had Trevor Lawrence there, and Trevor Lawrence is like fucking God's gift to earth. You know, I would take that job. I could fucking, I could take that job and coach uh, Trevor Lawrence. I'll be an offensive coordinator. Easy. Anybody would take that job. Shad Khan could have handpicked anybody he wanted. They would be like, oh, yeah, you got Trevor Lawrence? Hell yeah. Let me take that. You know, so that's all Urban Meyer was trying to do. He was tired of being in the spotlight on TV for Fox, you know, talking about games with he's shooting the shit with Reggie Bush and Matt Liner and Brady Quinn. He was tired of that. He wanted to get back into coaching and just want to get paid again. Uh, but really, I think he wants the USC job now, you know, no matter what he says. But now, like, USC can't hire Urban Meyer. Like, you know, think of the history of USC football and USC sports and all the scandals that they've been part of. And then now most recently, you know, this uh, this scandal with, uh, what's her name from Full House? Uh, Lori Loughlin with, with her daughter, uh, Olivia Jade or whatever, and then all these other celebrities, you know, paying people to pretend they're on the rowing team or the gymnastics team. You know, so USC wants to avoid any and all scandals or potential scandals. And that's why they're taking their time with this coaching search. I do not think they have contacted Urban Meyer because they need to take a long look at themselves if they are contacting Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer should be the last name you think of, you know. And when he gets fired from the Jacksonville Jaguars, because I do believe that he will get fired this year, um, you know, he he may make it a few more weeks here, uh, but I don't I don't think he makes it the full year. Uh, because it doesn't look like Jacksonville's going to win a game this season, honestly. Like, I thought they were going to beat the Texans. The Texans are, are an NFL team. Jacksonville's like this hybrid college, um, you know, XFL team combo. I don't know what the hell they are. Urban Meyer thinks he's a good coach. He just he doesn't understand uh, coaching NFL adult men, men with children and families and and mortgages and stuff like that. You know, you can't. You can't coach someone who's in college the same way that you would a player in the NFL. You know, these are grown-ass men. You can't talk to them like they're in college. Maybe you could talk to Trevor Lawrence like that because he just came from Clemson and some of the younger players, maybe they can get by like that. But some of your seasoned veterans, like, they're not going to stand for that shit. And, you know, there was already reports during training camp that people aren't really taking too kind to his um, his coaching uh his college coaching tendencies, I should say, and then bring in Tim Tebow, 
that was fucking garbage. I'm glad that he didn't offer him, you know, a, a regular roster spot on the team for this season because that would have blown up in his face. And, you know, him being there for training camp kind of already blew up in his face, you know. And then um, there was an anonymous uh, Jaguars player, current player, said that he's completely lost uh, the locker room um, and that he was too scared to apologize to the team, to the, all the players as a whole. So he did it by uh, position groups in, in different media. So he took the linebackers, took the offensive linemen, took the quarterbacks, and apologized to everyone individually. Then he's, he, But he did admit, Urban Meyer did, that um, you know, the meetings haven't gone well. Obviously, because how, you know, Trevor Lawrence, he just got married to his girlfriend. You know, I think it was his high school sweetheart. You know, they're a beautiful couple. They're trying to build their, their life together. I, I bet, you know, during the entire career that we see Trevor Lawrence in the NFL, we will not see Trevor Lawrence dancing with someone else at a fucking, at a bar with someone who's not his wife. Like, we're just not going to see that because... Trevor Lawrence has been prepared for this moment for like his entire life. He has been a professional quarterback basically from the shoulders up since middle school. He's been already answering, you know, interview questions, handling the media and not getting into trouble going out late night or doing drugs or, you know, drinking and driving or shit like that. Urban Meyer like never learned that for some reason. Like, dude, you're the leader. You're supposed to be a leader of men. You're the leader of how how much are the uh the Jacksonville Jaguars valued at now? Probably 3.5 billion, 4 billion, whatever. You're supposed to be the face of the leader of a of a 4 billion dollar business, you know, basically a company. And and you do that shit. And uh, Shad Khan, the owner, said, "Hey, you know what? He, you know, it's embarrassing. He's gonna have to rebuild the trust with us, and you know, for us to give him another shot." But this is classic Urban Meyer. What was the over under of a of an Urban Meyer scandal in, in Jacksonville? I mean, I this is sooner than I thought. I thought at least until like week eight something would happen, but no, he was in Cincinnati. He's like, "Oh, fuck it. Let me take a few extra days off. Go to Columbus, live it up." You know put my fingers in places and strangers where they shouldn't be, you know, let me just do that. Cause you know, that's a problem. But if he goes to like, zero and eight or zero and 10, Urban Meyer is getting fired. He's obviously way over his head with this stuff. You know, can't coach in the NFL. I think he can barely coach in college. Honestly, you know, Joe Burrow was the number one overall pick had a historic season at LSU, won the championship, breaking records, just looked unbelievable. Looked like a can't-miss prospect. But who missed him? Urban Meyer did. Because Urban Meyer had him on his on his, uh, on his his team, and instead of that, instead of starting Joe Burrow, he started Dwayne Haskins. And Dwayne Haskins had, he had a good year that year. Um, he had a great, you know, full season as a starter. Uh, but then he went to the NFL and just burst into flames and um, hasn't done anything yet. And now it's with the Steelers, I don't know, doing nothing. So um, if he couldn't evaluate talent at that point and see that Joe Burrow is, is what he is right now or what he could be, you know, that's your job to coach him up and to make him uh, what he is now, then, I mean, I'd, what else can you do, you know? So, uh, yeah, we'll stay on that story, but just uh, just a mess there. Uh, what else do we have here? <clears throat> Monday night football last night between the Raiders and the Chargers. Uh, Chargers, Justin Herbert has been amazing so far this season. Um, I think they are they could be the best team in the AFC. Um, you know, I know Kansas City is right there, but, you know, kind of a rough start. I stand by what I say, though. I think Kansas City is the best team, you know, but I think 
the Bills, you know, something will happen, and the Bills will end up coming out of the AFC. Uh, but back to the Chargers, Justin Herbert threw three touchdowns in the first, was it the first half or the first quarter? I don't know, but they were dominating uh, the Raiders, and the Raiders kind of came back. But, man, just thinking about uh, Justin Herbert's college career at Oregon, you know, he felt underutilized. You know, they won some big games, but, you know, if he was a Herbert that we're seeing right now in, in L.A., like, they would have won the championship easily, you know, and put uh, Pac-12 back on the map. Uh, but, you know, Oregon just didn't know what they had in Justin Herbert. They knew they had a good quarterback, but they didn't know they had a great quarterback. Uh, Justin Herbert's a great quarterback. He will continue to get better. Um, he's so poised and mature, and he has a fucking arm, man. He can sling it. Um, and it's crazy to think how his career started. You know, Tyrod Taylor, he was going to be a starter for the Chargers, which is a fine starter. He can. He's a great uh, bridge quarterback, you know, decent quarterback could get you some wins, but he's smart, you know, he's a professional. And uh, the team doctors punctured his lung, you know, when they're giving him a shot. And uh, Herbert, he had, like, no notice to go into the game. They were like, oh, this this was pregame. And they're like, hey, Justin, you're up, bud. And it was his rookie season, first game. And, you know, he took some lumps early on, but had a had a good rookie season, you know, had, a, had, a, had put up some numbers and now he's looking to elevate that, you know, his starting point and man, he's just running with it. You know, it gave him the opportunity. I think they were going to, you know, redshirt him that first year, you know, and then, you know, bring him along slowly. But, you know, he showed that he was ready to go from day one. Um, and it's been impressive, honestly, because, um, you know, there's some teams that missed on him. I don't have it in front of me, but, you know, you could look it up. There was some, some teams that, you know, are probably thinking about that daily that they could add Justin Herbert. Um, but you know, he has, he definitely has the, um, the locker room following him. He's definitely the leader there. And, um, you know, they beat Kansas city at home was that week two. Um, so, you know, I think that was a, that was a marquee win for them and they're winning games that normally the last few years they would have lost. Um, so if they're able to close games out, you know, when they, they're up big early on and then where, if they're able to win, close games, then this team is going to be scary in the playoffs. Um, but, you know, the Raiders, you know, they had a good start um, in the season, and this game was just a dud. So uh, just one bad game. Um, I don't want to call anything too early for the Raiders because, you know, they're always – they're kind of hit and miss with that. Um, but, yeah, I, I yesterday I really missed the Manny broadcast. <laughs> they're taking – I think it was a three-week break – uh, but definitely missing that because that was very entertaining. But you know the regular ones are right. It's not bad. It's not the worst, uh, not the worst broadcast that I've seen. Um, so you know into other games for the NFL, uh, the Cardinals are surprisingly the only undefeated team. They're the last undefeated team in the NFL. They just stomped the Rams uh, by 17 points, 37-20. Uh, Kyler Murray looks amazing right now. Uh, you know, hats off to Cliff Kingsbury. You know, I know I, I trashed him for a while there because he wasn't, his play calling was off and he never did anything in college and then he got the job in the NFL. I'm just like, well, what have you done? You know, like you haven't really done much. You had Patrick Mahomes and you didn't really do anything in college football. So I don't know what you can do in the NFL. Um, the Rams, you know, um, I have high hopes for him still this season, but the NFC West and I think the AFC West, those are so far, those look like the best divisions in football. They seem like they're just going to beat each other up, you know, because you had the Seahawks and the Niners playing. Seahawks winning that one, so Niners fall to 2-2, two and two, um, and then the Seahawks are 2-2. Two and two. 
uh, Rams three and one and Cardinals four and zero. Um, I thought it'd be the opposite. I thought the Ram the Cardinals would be, uh, you know, two and two right now. But man, they look good. AJ Green is like rejuvenated. You know, he's thirty three, but you know he's found a spot there in uh, in Arizona. Um, you know, still got Hopkins, and you know everyone's, you know, on the same page and you know really playing well. Um, you know, there was a big return on Sunday night with the Buccaneers and the Patriots, and you know everyone already has has beat this, you know, to a pulp. You know, everyone is just over talking about it. You know, so I'll, I'll talk about it for a little bit, but um, you know, as I said last week, I think this game was more important for Bill Belichick's legacy, which sounds so stupid. But you know, there's a lot of people that are saying, "Oh, Brady was, you know, more responsible." you know, for that run than, than Bill Belichick. And without Brady, Bill Belichick wouldn't be Bill Belichick. And he's not the greatest coach. You know, people just giving Tom Brady credit. You know, Bill had to be the one to, to tell Drew Bledsoe, like, hey, this is Tom's job now. You know, you know he's a defensive-minded coach. And, you know, I think they're both, like, pretty equally responsible for it. You have to have, uh, you know, a system in place and, you know, organizational – you know, pool there and, you know, have respect of your coaches and you have to build a proper coaching staff and all that. And, um, you have to find talent, you know, proper talent. They found Tom Brady, took a chance on Tom Brady and look what happened. Uh, but Bill Belichick has a recipe to beat, uh, Tom Brady, any Tom Brady led team. Uh, they only put up 19 points and, you know, the Patriots had a chance to make a game winning field goal, uh, but it would have given the ball back to Tom Brady with about a minute left. Uh, but then it, it just it hit the, the, the post there because it was really rainy and it slipped. And so it missed. And the Bucks ended up winning 19-17. But, man, Brady struggled. You know, he he looked like he was forcing it a couple times to Antonio Brown. He was just heaving it in the end zone trying to get anything going because Gronk is pretty beat up, had a couple of broken ribs and a punctured lung. Um, but, you know, I think even with the loss – this shows that Bill Belichick, he knows what he's doing. You know, if, if you guys are out there, if anyone's out there, you know, doubting Bill Belichick, like, you're just, you're an idiot. You know, he's a great football mind and, you know, I think probably the greatest coach of all time, right? And this shows it right here that, you know, Tom Brady has seen almost every defense, you know, you can throw at him. And uh, now he sees Bill Belichick this year and he struggles and he was visibly frustrated because he wanted to score so much, you know, but, um, it was a good game though. I thought it was a little messy and, you know, tough defensively, but you know, these Sunday night games have been great. Um, but you know, Brady, he seemed very emotional about it. You know, they seemed like they treated him and his family well, uh, while they were the visiting team, you know, they gave him the, uh, the suite up there, which they don't usually give to uh, visiting players and teams. So, you know, that was nice of them. And then he met with Robert Kraft, and Bill Belichick gave him a hug after. Like, obviously, you know, they won many championships together, and they had a 20-year relationship together. They're going to be close, you know. Even though Bill's not chummy-chummy, he's just not like that with everyone. So, like, their relationship is what it is, but I feel like people are making, like, something out of nothing, you know. Like, their relationship's what it is. It doesn't have to be... You know, like they're not, that's not father and son or anything. It's, you know, coach and player, you know, boss and an employee, basically, you know. So, um, yeah, Mac Jones looked good, though. Mac Jones, uh, I was impressed with Mac Jones there. They had a chance to win the game. Didn't happen, but they have a foundation for the future there. 
Um, you know, Buccaneers, they got the win, but, you know, they, they struggled a lot, and they, they were really missing Gronk and missing that running game. Uh, Packers and Steelers, uh, Packers won that game. You know, Big Ben, I didn't watch much of this one. It was just, I was interested at the beginning, and then I'm like, you know what? Actually, I don't really feel like watching Big Ben just kind of lug it around. They have no other receivers that he targets. You know, all the all the the offensive work seems to just be going through Najee Harris. So you have Najee Harris. You know, he was targeted. I think this was week three. He was targeted eighteen times, like to to catch the ball. Like Big Ben is just like dink and dunk there to uh, to Najee Harris and. They can't really get the running game aspect going. You know, I think he's a- averaging less than three yards a carry. Um, yeah, so they, they have a lot of issues there. Uh, Ravens and Broncos. Uh, Broncos got lit up there. Uh, the Jets beat the Titans uh, 27-24. You know, I'm, the Titans were missing both their starting receivers, you know, A.J. Brown and, um, and uh, Julio Jones. But you shouldn't be losing to the Jets, especially in overtime. You know, the Titans have... They play the easiest division. You know, the only team that can, you know, threaten them at all is the Colts, and they already beat the Colts, and and Carson Wentz has two broken ankles or whatever the hell he has, two injured ankles. He's still playing, but, you know, they they finally got their first win. Um, But, yeah, you shouldn't be losing to the Jets. You know, Zach Wilson, you know, he improved. You know, he had more touchdowns and interceptions, I think, for the first time this year. Uh, Falcons and Washington football team. Washington football team beat the Falcons uh, 34-30. I don't think anything of note there except Cordell Patterson is a beast in fantasy football right now. He's he's a start. He's like not even a, a running back, but they have him listed as running back, and he's yeah he's doing all kinds of things all kinds of things for the Falcons. Uh, Cowboys were able to beat the Panthers. Uh, the Saints lost to the Giants in overtime. Um, yeah, I think I spoke too soon with the Saints. Uh, they're still obviously trying to work the kinks out. I don't know how do you how you lose to the Giants. You know, it was their first game back at the uh, the Superdome in New Orleans since the hurricane. Um, I had them in a, in a little parlay. Um, that was one of my my first picks. I was like, oh, the Saints are definitely beating the Giants. The next one I picked was the Chiefs and the Eagles. I was like, the Chiefs are definitely beating the Eagles. Like there was some that I was so confident in that I didn't even think twice about it. And then I look at the scoreboard and, uh, yeah, Saints lost in overtime. Um, that's pretty embarrassing because the, the Giants have just been pretty pathetic. Like, they're, like, on the verge to being, like, okay if they start winning some games and stop turning the damn ball over, Daniel Jones. But, I don't know, it that, that was a shocking uh, loss to me. And then, um, yeah, Bills put up 40 on the Texans. They're like a college team right now. Uh, Josh Allen is... Just playing great right now. Um, they have scored, I think, forty plus in three straight games. That first loss against uh, Pittsburgh, you know, I think that was more of like week four of preseason, you know. Um, and then, yeah, not a lot of uh, great games uh, this um, this past Sunday. Uh, like I said earlier, Seahawks beat the 49ers twenty to twenty one. Jimmy Garoppolo got injured again. Um, and he didn't finish the game, and then they put Trey Lance in. You know, Trey Lance looked like a rookie. You know, he had one bomb to uh, Debo Samuel for a touchdown, but other than that, you know, he looked kind of shaky. You know, didn't look like, you know, what people are saying that he is right now. Like, obviously, you know, if Kyle Shanahan believed that he can win the Super Bowl with him right now, he would be starting. But I think the best bet is 
Jimmy Garoppolo starting, um, he could get you to Super Bowl, you know, if he's healthy and not turning the ball over. But um doesn't look good for the 49ers right now because, you know, on Sunday, uh, if we're looking into previewing week five, you know, they played the Cardinals. You know, they played back-to-back. Or they that's three straight games that are tough against playoff opponents, it seems like. You know, you have the you just played the Seahawks, lost to them. Game before that, you had a Sunday night game against the Packers, and you were in that game, you barely lost, but you lost. And you know, same with uh, same with the Seahawks, you lost. Um, and then you play the Cardinals now in Arizona, and you know, if you lose that one, you know, you're looking at two and three, and uh, that's a tough start right there. Um, even if they start two and three with Jimmy G coming back on Sunday, I don't think um, I don't think they'll put Trey Lance in. You know, because they Trey Lance isn't ready, and you don't want it's not they're not losing because of Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I think you know they have some injuries on defense. You know, most notably in the secondary, they have no running running game at all because their running backs are all injured. Um, so I don't know. They they have some they have some issues right now. Um, you have the Rams playing the Seahawks. Uh, oh, that's a Thursday night game. That's exciting. That is that's coming up uh, this week. That's a that's a good game. So uh, that's in Seattle. Uh, Jets and Falcons. Don't care about that one. Broncos Steelers. Uh, Steelers are one and three now. Uh, Broncos should win that one. Um, the AFC West is going to be, you know, I said earlier that, you know, they're probably one of the best divisions, if not the best division, the AFC, but, um, you know, AFC West and NFC West so far have been great. Uh, you know, but the only, the downside of the AFC West is the Broncos, you know, mainly because, you know, you can't really trust what they're going to do. Um, but once they get Aaron Rodgers next season, they're going to be great. You know, um, you know, they're great right now. Like defensively, you know, they have some great players offensively. Um, I thought they'd be closer against the, the Ravens, but, uh, not so much. Um, so yeah, I think the Broncos win that game. Uh, you have Dolphins and Buccaneers, uh, Bucks win that one. Not interested in that game at all. Uh, Panthers and Eagles, no interest. Panthers win that one. Yeah. A lot of bad games, huh? Uh, Lions and Vikings, I don't even care. <laughs> you have 0-4 and 1-3, and just nope, no thanks, pass. Uh, Packers and Bengals, that could be kind of good, no? Uh, both 3-1 teams. Joe Burrow has really taken that next step. He looks good. Uh, he's kind of shaky early on because uh, of his injury. Uh, Packers are 3-1. and one. You know, that, that could be a good matchup. I'll watch that one. Uh, Patriots and Texans, no thanks. Uh, Saints and Washington, uh, I think I'll pass on that one. I think I'll pass on that one. Uh, Titans and Jags. Ooh, that sounds that sounds like a a seven to to nine game written all over it. You know, depending on I guess if Julio Jones and AJ Brown are played. Um, yeah, that game seems rough. Seems rough. Uh, Bears and and Raiders. Uh, could Khalil Mack get some revenge there? You know, that's kind of a storyline. Small, but you know, it's it's something. Um, are the Bears going to play Justin Fields though? You know, that's what, um, I think Matt Nagy said that they're going to start Andy Dalton if he's healthy. Like, okay. I think, I hope Matt Nagy is not being an idiot and it's just more so about, um, trying to protect Justin Fields because their offensive line is terrible and they have no offensive structure at all. Uh, Matt Nagy knows he's going to get fired. So he's just cooling it, collecting checks until he's done. Uh, Browns and Chargers. That's kind of spicy. I like that. You know, Justin Herbert and uh, 
uh, Baker Mayfield. You know, Baker Mayfield, I think his contract extension talks have kind of cooled. Um, I My only issue with that would be, like, you know, if it's not Baker, like, who are you going to get instead of Baker? You know, Baker's not the greatest quarterback, but he fits so well with what the Browns do. And obviously, Kevin Stefanski has built his playbook and kind of structured everything around uh, Mayfield's talents. And it's worked to his advantage. You know, the running game, I always talk about it, you know, and then their passing game. Um, you know, they, they do have uh, Jarvis Landry's out for a while. Haven't been really able to get uh, Odell Beckham involved that much since he's been back for the last couple of weeks. But uh, they have a good defense. They have a good defense. And, you know, everything's powered through their running game. But, you know, Mayfield, can he can make some throws and he can get you some wins. Um I don't think they offer him a five-year, three hundred million or two hundred million or anything crazy like that. I don't think he's that quarterback. He's not Josh Allen. He's not Patrick Mahomes. I'll even put um, uh, Justin Herbert. That he's not Justin Herbert. He's not a Dak Prescott who got that contract. Um, who else is? You know, he's not like those guys. So he's more like, you know, he's a little better than Ryan Tannehill, but he's kind of in that in that room. Uh, which isn't a bad room to be in, you know, but, you know, there's obviously some, uh, there's some limitations there. Um, you kind of have to depend more on the running game and uh, and the defense a little bit more than those other guys have to. Um, Giants and Cowboys, uh, maybe that'll be closer than, than normal, but I expect the Cowboys to win that. Um, and then if, when the Cowboys win that, they'll be, they'll have a four and one start, you know, and they're in an easy division, so they can, they can easily get to 10 wins. Um, so, uh, we'll see how that one goes. Uh, oh, this is a good game. Sunday night, of course, they've had like four straight great games. Uh, you have the Bills and the Chiefs. You know, the Chiefs, they already lost at home to the Chargers. And now you're playing this Bills team who they've just been lighting it up these last three weeks. Um, they've been outscoring opponents like crazy margins. I know they haven't been playing, uh, you know, good teams or reasonable teams, but these are still NFL players, right? And, um, you know, they they want some revenge for that AFC Championship game. I I find it hard to believe that the Chiefs are going to start uh, two and three. Um, so I'm gonna, I would take the Chiefs at home to win this game. Uh, but, man, this is going to be a great game, and I'm excited to watch that. 520. Ooh, I got to check my flight, see if I'm even able to watch that because I'm, I'm flying back from, uh, from San Francisco that day. Uh, yep, I will be on. I will be on the plane during that game, so I will, I will miss that game. Hopefully, my plane has a TV or something I could watch. I could watch the game, but it looks like I'm gonna miss most of that game. Uh, but yeah, that, I think that'll be a good one. That'll be a preview for the AFC Championship game. And then Monday night, you have Colts and Ravens. Uh, Colts are just not good right now. Not a good football team. So I have the Ravens winning that game. Uh, what else was I gonna get into? Oh, so the uh, National Women's Soccer League. Uh, they have they have some problems here. Um, there was a report that came out. Uh, this was this was a couple days ago, I believe. Um, so there was a there was a coach. Uh, what is his name? Paul Riley. He's the coach of uh, North Carolina Courage. Uh, he was fired because of those allegations spanning over a decade. Sexual coercion and uh, inappropriate comments about players' weight and sexual orientation. Um, so the Athletic published this investigation, 
They talked to more than a dozen players from every team. Riley has coached since 2010, including two named players, uh, Manashim and uh, Sanid Fairley. I hope I got those right. Uh, who went on the record with allegations against him? Um, so, you know, basically what what in, what this report had said was that um, Paul Riley would he would have like team events. You know, take all the the female players, mind you, and uh, take them to the bar, you know, start drinking. Um, and then, you know, on a couple occasions, I think with these two women specifically, you know, and there's probably a lot of other women that haven't come forward yet, but he would get them drunk and then, you know, go into their hotel room with them. And, you know, he had sex with these two women and, um, you know, kind of forced them to start kissing each other and stuff and, you know, uh, had sex with them, and then uh, was, you know, you're not supposed to be drinking with players or doing anything like that, but he was just harassing, uh, sexually harassing other other players and teammates. Um, and this is for, like, multiple multiple teams that he's coached, you know, a lot of, a lot of players on the record. And, you know, apparently there's no – there's no HR hotline. You can't report anything. Uh, but he's a full-on predator where he's specifically coaching women and getting them drunk and you know making sexual advances towards them. And um, this is apparently systemic where the commissioner knew about it um, and the commissioner has since stepped down. Lisa Bayard is her name. She resigned. Um, and then there's, you know, there's other, other coaches who were fired for verbal and, amu- and uh, emotional abuse of players. Uh, but you know, this Paul Riley guy was, you know, the one who was having sex with players and, you know, just inappropriate stuff there. And, and of course, you know, we could almost predict what's going to happen next or what already did happen next. You get the social media posts from the league, the league that, you know, had knowingly employed uh, abusers verbally and sexually. Um, you know, that's why Lisa Bayard uh, resigned because she knew about it, you know, and didn't do anything about it. So, of course, you know, on social media, you know, there's this, here's a statement from uh, NWSL. We support, you know, we support these women with these allegations and, you know, we want to build a place for them to feel safe, blah, 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 whatever. You know, I just, I just, whatever they said, you know, I, I, uh, I paraphrase for you. All these organizations, these, you know, some universities, whenever there's a scandal like this, uh, I just, I can't fucking stand when they come out and say, oh, you know, we, we support, you know the victims of this. We will build a better community. Like, why? Why wouldn't you have that 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 foundation of you know a safe place for for women to fucking do their jobs to to be professional athletes and to play soccer or you know if you want to talk about gymnastics, like why can't you build a fucking safe place for girls to to fucking do gymnastics and then the, you want to talk about Penn State? You know these kids were going to a football camp. Man, maybe they. Maybe they were at home and they were talking about their mom and dad, talking to their mom and dad about it. Like, mom, I, I really want to go to this camp. Like, I love football. I love Penn State. I just really want to go. Can I please go? 
and maybe you know the parents you know they're they're kind of struggling financially they they have saved you know over a couple months and you know put money together and and it was probably like 400 bucks or something paid for them to go to this camp and then fucking whatever this fucking name is uh sandusky that whole shit happens like how fucking heartbreaking is that just like that's so messed up that someone is trying to follow their dreams or you know do something that they love um and then it just there's someone there in the way to just ruin it um that's like that's just terrible um you know same thing for the girls in gymnastics like we haven't like how have we not learned like if if there's someone who says something like we should believe them we should investigate you should fucking fire the coach coaches administrators like just clean house man you know and i guarantee you right now there's a school a club you know uh, something you know some type of organization whether it be another gymnastics group or a fucking a summer camp somewhere in the woods or um, your local YMCA, you know, or your your fucking church. You know, we all heard what happened to the church. You know, kids getting sexually abused by priests and stuff, you know. but And these other organizations where abuse is still happening right now, I guarantee you they're looking, they're watching the news like, oh man, we can't be caught now. We have to be they're having a meeting with people who are, are known to do stuff and they all know about it. And they're like, Oh, well, what do we do to, uh, to, you know, keep this a secret or whatever. We need to not be, not be the next one to get caught, caught and canceled. It's like, this isn't about getting canceled. This is about going to prison. You will do time. They should just, so we have like investigators investigating every group. You know, you're working with kids, you're investigated. We're doing background checks. We're having, we're sending, like outside people to monitor everything like we just you can't trust anybody you can't trust can't trust a coach can't trust a teacher can't trust anybody you know you just have to i don't know it's it's messed up we need to like teach people at a young age like is that even taught like are we doing that like please stop taking advantage of women you know like please just like why why are we doing this why why are people you know just I don't know. It's it's uh, such a frustrating thing to happen. Like, there's almost always a bombshell report, like weekly. It seems like about you know systemic abuse and everyone knowing about it, and you know like women protecting male abusers. You know, like the the commissioner of the soccer league was a woman, and she knew that this dude was doing what he was doing, and like did nothing about it. Um. So yeah, I, she's just as guilty, you know, and all the stuff that, with Larry Nasser and stuff like they built this facility and he was there be to, to be the team doctor and, and coaches knew what he was doing. Everyone knew what he was doing and they didn't allow parents in there. Like if I'm a parent of one of these children, I'm like, why the fuck can I not talk to my daughter? Like, let me talk to my daughter. Like, come on, man. Like, what the fuck? Fuck your rules. Like, I'm going to go see, see my daughter and make sure that she's cool and everything's good. Because if I'm showing up there, I better be able to check on my children who I fucking paid to be in your program. Like, that's just crazy to me. They, like, people are just like, okay, these are the rules. Like, this is what was happening. And this was just allowed by um, by U.S. Gymnastics and, and now the fucking soccer league. Sorry for the, all the F-bombs, but this is just, like, such an upsetting thing. Like, people who, you know, these girls are, like, so into gymnastics and want to dedicate their, like, fucking lives to it. And, you know, while we're watching them 
winning gold medals for our country, they're dealing with all kinds of shit on the inside, you know, emotional, physical and sexual abuse and, you know, like playing through injuries and all those girls on those Olympics teams are like fucking, those are warriors. They're like true heroes, like just the way that they conducted themselves. And now they're outspoken about it. And, you know, they had to, they had to face Larry with all that stuff. And, you know, with their, their, um, their victim statements, like that was powerful stuff. Um, yeah, they're like incredibly strong women. And, um, you know, also these women in the, uh, the National uh, Women's Soccer League who are speaking out, you know, so kudos to them. Um, it's going to take a lot, though, you know, to have, like, you know, nationwide change or global change with these organizations, you know, knowingly abusing women and just letting it go under. Like, don't be scared to fucking blow it up. You know, if something's wrong within your organization or you're on your team or something, blow it up. Fuck it. Just call everyone out what's going on. This is what's happening. This guy needs to get fired. This lady needs to get fired. This guy needs his ass kicked. Like, whatever. You know, I think we need to be more self-policing. Call shit out when we see it. Report it to the right people. And then if you report it, don't just let it go. Follow up on that report. File a police report. File multiple reports. Get that shit reported multiple times. Get some witnesses. Do whatever you need to do. You know, find someone to, to commit a physical crime on someone too. You know, that's that's never out of the question. That's always in play at any point. But it shouldn't be up to the women to, you know, have to do all this stuff, you know, watch what they wear, what they say, be too friendly to someone, to a, a man, you know, because if, if a woman is like friendly to a man, that dude automatically thinks, oh, she's interested in me. Like, why is that a thing? Why can't someone just be nice to you? You know, um, so, you know, we need to, I think more so teach men that, hey, you know, like back off, like you need to understand nonverbal cues when a girl's being you know extra nice to you maybe that means you know when you're talking to her maybe that means she's like just being nice and doesn't want to be mean to you but she's definitely not interested like there's a reason why you know some girls just snap at you right away because they, they have to you know in some cases they have to when someone's you know being too pushy so we need to teach men to stop being who they are because they get so pushy and they think like, oh, you know what? If I'm interested, like she has to be interested. Like, no, that's that's not how it goes. So, um, yeah, that's all I got for this week's episode. Thanks for listening. Um, enjoy postseason playoffs uh, in Major League Baseball. Very exciting time of year. Um, but yeah, we'll be back next week.